We launched merch, kids. Please buy it so Haley has more work to do. Also, Robert really loves the label maker, so make me print out labels to see his little face get all excited when he gets to rip out the label. That's very sweet. Also, Haley is unemployed, and I'm about to be unemployed, so, like, just if you want to keep hearing the show, you like it. (laughs) Join our Patreon, buy our merch, or just visit the site to enjoy how beautiful it is, because we put a lot of effort into it. LadyHistoryPod.com This modern world of science and invention is of particular interest to women. Hello and welcome to Lady History, the good, the bad, and the ugly ladies you missed in history class. Joining me, as always, is Lexi. Lexi, what's the most athletic thing about you? Uh, The most athletic thing about me is that my brother is a goalie. I'm saying that the only athletic thing about me is that someone in my life is athletic. Also with me is Haley. Haley, if you could invent a sport, what would it be? It'd definitely not be for the athletes. I would do something that Lexi and I could easily play and have fun at. I'm also not athletic, so I also want to play. Okay, you can also play. But it'd be something where, like, you don't need any athletic, athletability, athletics. And I'm Alana, and my favorite sports team is third-tier English football team, AFC Wimbledon. Uh, do you want to guess how tennis? I know about third-tier English football team, AFC Wimbledon? No. That's it's not tennis. Thing. It's not tennis. It's, um, it's English football. Soccer. Did you all play childhood sports? Yes. Yes, yes I did. did. What did you childhood sport ball? I sport ball some ASO soccer, which was like the I did that in kindergarten or something. Yeah, I did it all the way to like the fourth grade, and then like I didn't like any of the people. Like there weren't my friends, and it wasn't like a passion of mine to keep doing it because also coming in fifth grade was like when you had to do travel team, and it was like if you're doing this, you're doing this for varsity in college. And I was not that committed. Then you guys know I played uh, volleyball. I was a volleyball coach and played softball. Yeah, one of our things, like, because our coach for softball, we sucked for a few years. He made us do, like, intimidating chants. And we used to get bullied by the baseball team because the way our field went was, like, you walked up this hill and you had the softball field. And if you kept going, you'd pass like a bigger field and then the baseball field. So the baseball guys would like when they are walking to their field, especially if it was um, not seniors who didn't have a car and didn't just drive up to the field, they're like make fun of us. So we would scream dykes on spikes at them. And I think like only three of us were gay. But that was like our solution was just like if they were calling us like lesbians was like, okay, like we'll scream it at them. Like we'll confirm. We'll be like, yeah, we are, but we're going to hit like this massive fucking ball because you won't get out of the way because we didn't have like a field up. And that's just like a hey, I have. I like that. Nail him with a softball. I would be like, oops, I didn't catch it in the outfield. Be like, <laughs> I played I, outfield, but my sports memory is not as funny. But when I was six, was on a soccer team because like every six year old is on a soccer team, right? Like that's just a thing. Yeah. And one day, I well okay context I always wanted to be goalie because I thought that goalie meant you didn't have to do work that you just got to stay there and so I would sit in the goal because that's when the goals are short 
Yeah. So I wanted to be goalie so I could sit. And Rude. my dad tried to explain to me that you don't just sit. And I was not having that. And so one day my parents were out of town and my uncle and my grandma took me to the game and I threw up in the goal so that I could leave and not have to stand. <laughs> Mine was cringy. <laughs> Yours is hysterical. Oh, oh, no. I also played lacrosse for surprisingly for five years. So I, I had a life as an athlete, but as soon as I was getting good, I quit. I didn't want to do it in high school and I was in marching band and I committed to that. So I didn't want to be in lacrosse. Do you want to hear the even funnier thing about me as sports in middle school? Cause we didn't have the softball team was only in like high school at the time I ran track and field, but guess what part of spring track and field I, I did. I ran the hurdles. Oh, you I didn't even have my growth spurt and I would clear 40 inches like above oh regulation. God. You're magic. It was magic. And then my coach at the time was like, you have to play in like in high school. You could even go to college. Like you'd be in varsity once you got into high school. Like I remember like all the coaches were like, what the fuck is this kid? I never lost. The only time I lost was because I got uh, the girl disqualified both of us because she hit me. She came into my lane and hit me and I hit one of the hurdle bars. That's just a disqualification. So like, Yeah. But otherwise, like when you abstain from voting, I would yeah. always come in first place by at least well, wait, like a why'd second you switch, or two. Why'd you switch to softball then? Because no one was on the team for soft. Honestly, bad move on Haley. I should have like been a uh, hurdling athlete. But also with the softball, one of the reasons why we sucked so much, especially like at the beginning, was because they didn't have enough people for the JV team. So all my friends and I just decided to do it. We're like, screw it we'll play like I guess and I played softball like my grandfather in like the backyard that I have right now taught me how to play because he loved baseball go Yankees social light and athlete Margaret Abbott was the first American woman to win first prize at an Olympic event but here's the catch do you know what the catch is she didn't actually get to keep the medal because she was a woman close okay she never knew she was in the olympics okay okay so here's how it happened margaret abbott competed in the 1900 paris olympic games and these games were the second modern iteration of the olympics so as archaeologists we love old olympics but this is the second time they had the modern international games and it was the first time that the modern olympics allowed women to participate And the games were held over several months in the summer of 1900 and as part of the Paris World's Fair. So it was like a side thing of the World's Fair. There was no opening ceremony and no closing ceremony, which led to some confusion about what events were part of the Olympics and which were merely sideshow games at the World's Fair. And women were permitted in only five of the events in the Olympics, croquet, equestrian sports, golf, sailing, and tennis. Tennis, which happened in July, saw two American women earn bronze, becoming the first women to earn prizes in the Olympics. They played doubles, so they both won. Golf was scheduled for October, with men slated to compete for 18 holes and women taking on a course of just nine holes, which was typical of the time because ladies can't do 18 holes in their little heels. So anyway, that was that was a joke. Women can do whatever in whatever shoes they want. Margaret was born in India and was raised in Chicago, where she learned to play golf. She competed in the Chicago area with some of her wins being published in the Chicago Tribune's lifestyle section because, you know, women's sports 
are not sports. They don't go in the sports section. Their lifestyle. In 1900, she and her mother visited Paris so that Margaret could study art. Both lovers of golf, the pair decided to register for a tournament that they heard was taking place, completely unaware that the event was part of the Olympics. Margaret finished in first place with a score of 47. Her mother finished in seventh place. To this day, they are still the only mother-daughter pair to compete in the same Olympic event at the same Olympic Games. The prize she received was not a medal, but rather a gold-trimmed Saxon porcelain bowl? As the Paris Games chose to give historical artifacts as prizes. (laughs) So there's lots wrapped up into that. Um, Cultural property law problems, museum collection me heart distressed problems but yes she she got a bowl instead of a medal so of course she had no idea she was in the olympics they gave her a bowl she was like i want a golf tournament in paris and got a bowl margaret's four children were also unaware of their mother's olympic win until she died in 1984 her son philip a renowned hollywood screenwriter wrote about his experience in golf digest he said It's not every day that you learn your mother was an Olympic champion 80 odd years after the fact. The champion herself had told us only that she had ever won a golf competition of Paris. Like what? What? How? How is this possible? In fact, the only reason that we know Margaret won an Olympic event at all is because the American delegate to the Olympics, A.G. Spaulding, recorded her win on his official record a report that went to the U.S. government to show the final results of the Americans competing in the games. Because Spalding wrote her name down in the record as a winner, her name was etched into a plaque at the United States Olympic headquarters. And then a curious professor investigated her story. And that's the only reason we know what happened. That's the best. Blasphemy came to my head like a bunch of times. Yeah. Nice leisurely golf tournament. And she just won and got a bowl. A bowl. Lexi, when did your Olympics happen for your gal again? 1900. Okay, so we're going to jump back to 396 BC. Hop, skip, and a jump for Siniska. And my Greek is mediocre at best. So when I did a Google search translation going all the way back to see pronunciation, I got Siniska or Siniske. I'm going to go with Siniska. She is actually the first woman at the ancient Olympic Games, which is pretty rad. And I'm going to put ancient Olympic Games because like, I think there was a hiatus when the Olympic Games happened. Anywho. Yes, there was a very long hiatus. Yeah. Like, if you didn't know ancient Greek history, I'll give you a bit, but just note that ancient and modern is different. Siniska, also noted as Spartan princess, became an Olympic winner in 396 BCE. Great era, apparently, to win the Olympic Games for women. So like I said, we're going to have a small prologue into the origins of the ancient Olympic Games. Started about thousands of years ago, like 2,700 years ago. Like I said, we're working with the BCE um, before the Common Era. And like modern Olympics, it happened every four years where thousands of people would flock to it to watch these games. Unlike the modern Olympics, they were also a religious festival to honor Zeus, and Zeus was the god of all gods in ancient Greece. Now back to our main character, Siniska. 
So she was the daughter of a king and he was also a successful military leader. So just being an athlete was coursing through her veins because also these athletic games were more militarized in a sense. Because she also won for like a four horse chariot race. And it was more like a military suit, military grade chariot race. And she wasn't on the actual horse. She was one of the breeders and trainers of the horses. They And they won twice. So also for those history buffs in ancient Greece, for Sparta, Spartan females, uh, women, ladies, even girls, as like a young age, had more freedoms than other women in the ancient world, which extended to playing in the Olympic Games and inheriting land and access to education, which apparently is not like a modern day luxury in some places, but we don't need to go on that tangent. And to an extent, uh, women were actually encouraged to participate in active and physical exercise, like playing in the modern games, because again, they were heavily, a heavy militarized, military focused community. And we have written accounts, one of them being Pasianas, who is alive, and this is important, 143 to 176 CE. So take this with Alana. What is it? Uh, You should take it with more salt than the Dead Sea. Yes. Thank you. Because uh, we, we know that with Seneska, she was born in the BCE. This is now the CE, hundreds of years later, where he's writing, even though he's writing in the eyes of as a historian, and potentially when you read it, you're thinking, oh, he was there. He was witnessing this. This was current events to him. It was not current events. And we know that where we think that two monuments were erected in Olympia, Greece to commemorate her victories. And one of them actually was like a statue of her. And it even read, my ancestors and brothers were kings of Sparta, I, Seneska, victorious, with the chariot of swift-footed horses erected this statue. I declare that I am only woman in all of Greece to have won this crown. And while she may have not been the last woman, to breed and ride horses, she was the first, and that's pretty damn cool. I really wanted to find out if some people, like, I guess since this was, like, ancient times, but since she wasn't actually, I thought it was interesting, since she wasn't actually the rider, she still got credit as, like, one of the crews. So, like, I was thinking of car racing, how the pit crew, I don't, like, I don't know if pit crew gets, like, well, like coaches in football get, don't coaches get Super Bowl rings? I think so. So maybe it's like that. I was trying to. And I think when like your horse you breed, horses might be like a big thing because I think when a horse you breed wins, like you get recognized. I don't know what you get, but like you get recognition for being like. And she was the breeder and trainer. So she had like. She did a a lot. lot. It wasn't like she just dropped off the ponies and was like, see y'all later. She put Um, on some sexy music and she like. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But that's her. That's our gal. That was a nice. That was a nice sound Lexi. Ladies and gentlemen, it is seven inning stretch time. We invite you to join in singing Take Me Out to the Ball Game. I love that we all three have Olympic athletes here today, but we'll get to that. We did not but, do that on purpose. I'm just but I love that, that it happened. <laughs> I would argue that Margaret Abbott also did not go to the Olympics on purpose. 
anyway, so I learned about my lady from Drunk History, which I feel like is my thing. Uh, Lexi picks ladies from the Women Extra and Ordinary Project, and I pick ladies from Drunk History, and that's basically everything you need to know about our respective personalities. <laughs> Babe Didrikson Zaharias was born Mildred Ella Didrikson on June 26th, 1911, a cancer, my second cancer in a row for those of you keeping track, in Port Arthur, Texas, but grew up in Beaumont. She got the nickname Babe because she was so good at baseball when she was a kid and people were like, oh, Babe Ruth's over here. So people just started calling her Babe. She basically played every single sport and was really good at every single sport she tried. And at one point, someone asked her if there was anything she didn't play. And she said, quote, yeah, dolls, which is so I'm not like other girls. And I'm like, did you get picked, sis? Did you get picked? She did, but I'll get to that. She left high school early to get a corporate job so that she could play on the company's sports team because she couldn't play at school. I guess there is an upside to the corporate world if you want to be in sports. Uh, When she was a teenager, she discovered the Olympics uh, as a concept. She was the child of immigrants, so it wasn't like a cultural zeitgeist thing for her. Um, And proclaimed that she was going to be the greatest athlete of all time. And many sports type important people do consider her that. In 1932, Babe qualified for five Olympic events, but of those five events, women were only allowed to compete in three of them. She won two golds and a silver, and the silver was the result of a tie uh, that the judges were like, no, your technique was bad, so you're disqualified. But they gave her silver instead. After that, people were questioning her gender, and I'm going to use the language that we would use by today's standards for things that they said, but know that they were not as nice. They speculated that she might have been, I put AMAB in my notes, and every time I read AMAB, my brain is like, all male are bastard. And I'm like, (sighs) they speculated that she might have been assigned male at birth, and we're like, oh, you're just disguising yourself as a woman because... They were mean people. In 1938, she married George Zaharias, who was a former wrestler and part-time actor, which seems to be a common trajectory for former wrestlers, and I'm not really sure why. But he also became her manager for a time. It is extremely likely that Babe had an affair with a woman named Betty Dodd, uh, a golfer from San Antonio who was like half her age. But if the male athletes can do it, so, so can the female athletes. It's hard to say for sure if they were romantically or sexually involved. As long as it's legal. Exactly. Yeah, it was legal. The um, article said old enough to be her daughter, but I was like... Wait, wait, wait. But no, we got to clarify on this. The legal thing you mean as long as she was a consenting adult. Because at some points in history, in different countries and cultures, being gay was illegal. Thank you. And we support gay people. Yeah, yes, yep. Yes, yep. consenting adults. Two gays in the room. Hi. Hi. I said, is it legal to her age? I think you just said, but was it legal? And I knew what you meant, but I didn't want anyone but, to yeah. Oh, thank you. God. They said, like, young enough to be her daughter, but at this point, Babe was, like, 40. So I'm not sure if someone who was, like, 20, 25 would be, old enough, would be young enough to be her daughter. But I guess by, like, 30s standards, Babe should have already had children. But anyway, so it's hard to say for sure if they were romantically and or sexually involved. Uh, because assigning sexuality to people from the past who weren't, like, officially out is tricky just because we don't know. So I don't really feel comfortable saying for sure. But I will say extremely likely. I will say probable. 
George could not stand Betty. So maybe that's a hint. Gal pals. To, gal, gals being pals. But maybe that's like a hint as to whether or not they were involved. Maybe George was jealous. I can't say for sure. Babe is most famous for her golf. Babe is most famous for her golf career. I thought you were going to say girlfriend. I was like, we we covered that. We covered that. No. Babe is most famous for her golf career. Uh, She started out playing in men's tournaments because there were no women's ones until she was a founding member of the LPGA, the Ladies Professional Golf Association, in 1949. Here at Lady History, we are obviously huge fans of the word lady. So I appreciate that she called it ladies instead of women or whatever. Um, I think that's really cool. She was an insanely popular golfer. Her presence was drawing crowds. One of my sources said that the only golfer more popular than her was Arnold Palmer. And he's not even famous for golf anymore. He is famous for an excellent beverage. So I would say that Babe is absolutely the most famous golfer of the past. Anyway, in 1953, she was diagnosed with colon cancer, but went back to golf tournaments only three months after having surgery, which is pretty badass. Unfortunately, the cancer had spread to her lymph nodes and she died in 1956 at the age of just 45 years old. She has her own museum in Beaumont, Texas, that is literally just called the Babe Diedrichson Zaharias Museum. So maybe lady history field trip. Babe is a really cool lady. But fuck golf because it's a huge waste of resources and land. What? I did not say nothing. There are definitely more sustainable ways to do it. Mini golf. Mini golf. Fuck golf. Everybody go play mini golf. It's way more fun anyway. But I didn't say nothing about golf. But I did because fuck golf. And I want to finish by saying that Texas is really struggling right now. So Feeding Texas is doing some really great work. So go to feedingtexas.org and give if you can. The link will be in our show notes and in the description of this episode if Lexi can make that happen. It will be. Send me a link and it will be. Okay, perfect. You can find this podcast on Twitter and Instagram at LadyHistoryPod. Our show notes and a transcript of this episode will be on LadyHistoryPod.com. If you like the show, leave us a review or tell your friends. And if you don't like the show, keep it to yourself. Our logo is by Alexia Ibarra. You can find her on Twitter and Instagram at LexiBDraws. Our theme music is by me, GarageBand, and Amelia Earhart. Lexi is doing the editing. You will not see us, and we will not see you, but you will hear us next time on Lady History. Next week on Lady History, feminism. Intrigued? Go listen to next week's episode, please. Guess what? We're on Patreon. Tiers start at just $1 a month.
And we have three of them. Become a brilliant backer for $1. Find out early about new merch and ticketed events and get access to our monthly newsletter. Support our show by becoming a confident contributor for $4 a month. In addition to the benefits from the previous tier, you get access to our Discord community and one bonus episode every Sunday. Or lastly, prove that you love us the most by becoming a sensational super fan for $7. In addition to the benefits from the previous tiers, get access to a monthly interactive live stream with one of us and get the power to decide future Lady History content by voting. Join our community and help us keep the show running at patreon.com slash ladyhistorypod. Woohoo, we did it.